Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Yeah, I watched some preseason football last night, and I saw Jameis Winston torch Jacksonville. And I found myself with this weird feeling. I was rooting and am rooting for Jameis Winston. How do I justify this? Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. So wait, is it okay to root for Jameis Winston? Am I in a good human spot if I want Jameis Winston to do good things? I need some reinforcement on this. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel, Tuesday edition. I'm in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the heavy-aired and sweaty Intracoastal, have you until one? ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, hey Siri, hey Google Play. ESPN 106.3. Uh, again, before we we dive in here, I want to thank Pierre Garcon, John I. Leonard product, one of the all-time great wide receivers. Colts, Washington football team, uh, San Francisco for coming in and spending an entire hour with us yesterday. And Coquel, I think he had fun. I think he had a good time, and I know. I had a great time hearing him tell stories. Like, he was remarkable yesterday. So, hopefully, he wants to come back and we can do something regularly with him. I mean, he said, see you guys soon. I mean, that's locked in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a packed in blood. You're right. Uh, So, last night was an incredible performance. And I've been staying away, other than the Dolphins, I've been staying away from a lot of preseason football because I'm going to be an open book. I just don't bleeping care. What? Like, I just don't. I don't. I'm not like Coquel who was in COVID quarantine watching preseason football. He's spilling coffee all over himself uh, right now. You are you are a wreck. <laughs> the, the top. Go back into quarantine. I can't. I can't let you walk out of your home. You know the top of the coffee when you have like a cooler. Yeah. I don't want to mention the name because yeah, it yeah, sounds I like the it. coffee did something wrong. With I, get it. I I didn't screw it all the way on, <laughs> and now it's on my shirt. That's a perfect synopsis of just you. And I didn't the worst screw part it all the way like on. Like skinny guys, they spill something on their shirt. It's like ha ha ha. Fat guys, it's like oh, you couldn't fit it all in at once, <laughs> huh, fatty? Uh, and it becomes expected. It's like oh, the fat guy did it again. Yeah, look, oh, look at him trying to get the whole <laughs> thing in his mouth at uh, one time. Why don't you chew? My poor, my poor radio baby. Uh, Jameis Winston was awesome last night. Uh, against Jacksonville, and it's becoming increasingly clear that the Jaguars are going to have some problems in their first year under Urban Meyer. Trevor, I hope you enjoy your Bitcoin, uh, your Bitcoin sponsorship because this is going to be a rough year. Uh, nine of ten, 123 yards, two touchdowns, one fifty-seven and a half QB rating for Jameis Winston. I mean, he was automatic. He was a stud. He was sensational. And after the game, Jameis Winston, speaking with reporters, just sounded like a guy who was happy, sounded like a guy who was grateful for the opportunity, sounded like a guy that really just appreciated being out there last night. Here's Jameis Winston post-game last night. The biggest thing is we got to win. So, I mean, that's that's a big weight off your back when you get a win. Uh, so it's the same, man. It like I gotta give God all the glory. Like I, I haven't started a football game in so long, man. So I was just I was so excited to just get an opportunity to start and uh, lead the pack, man. It, it was exciting and uh, the rhythm was great. Offensive line was phenomenal, uh, and we had guys like Quez making plays all night, man. You you gotta love that. Seeing him with that smile, oh, with that energy, with. The free-flowing ability to just play football, almost like he's free of the pressure of being a number one overall pick like he had the entire time in Tampa with an established coaching staff around him, with all those weapons that Drew Brees enjoyed. Last night, when I see Jameis thriving, I felt good. That put a smile on my face. I appreciated that. 
and I'm rooting for Jameis Winston. I want him to succeed. But then I also think back, because a lot of us forget, Jameis Winston was part of the most high-profile rape allegation, rape case, that we've seen in modern sports in the last 20 years. In his unbelievably up-and-down, controversial freshman season at Florida State. That is still, to me, since I have been here in South Florida, in the state of Florida, the most high-profile, the most ugly situation that I have seen in sports based out of this state. Yet, despite all of that, I was rooting, and I'm rooting for Jameis. And it flies in the face of what I said yesterday with Evan Cohen, who you hear commercial-free every day here on ESPN 106.3. Yesterday, Evan made, Coquel, a point that I thought was interesting, and it had some holes in it, but there's some validity to it as well, that Ben Roethlisberger deserves more of a last dance season than Aaron Rodgers does because he's won more. He's had a more successful career if you're going by championships. Uh, He has put up big numbers. He has not been a system quarterback. He has not been uh, a game manager. He's been an elite passer for portions of his career. I don't agree that Ben Roethlisberger deserves more of a last dance because Aaron Rodgers has the flash. He has the memorable moments. He has the legendary instances. But this is what I said on Evan yesterday uh, about Aaron Rodgers versus Ben Roethlisberger. This is what I said yesterday on Evan with Ben Roethlisberger versus Aaron Rodgers as Coquel just stares at me blankly. Well, tell me. Tell me what you said, Ken. Is there an argument that there's the last dance is more Roethlisberger than Rodgers? Yeah, I suppose, except Aaron Rodgers has more memorable moments. Aaron Rodgers has more flash. Aaron Rodgers has more jaw-dropping, I can't believe he just did that. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't have an alleged sexual assault in his background either. So with Ben Roethlisberger, I went right to the sexual assault to undercut whether or not he should have a farewell like Aaron Rodgers is going to get at some point, or maybe even this season. But with Jameis, here I am rooting for him, wanting him to succeed, dazzled by what he did last night against Jacksonville, wanting him to beat uh, Taysom Hill for the starting job, wanting him to be the guy and ball out. Is it okay to root for Jameis? Is it okay to want Jameis to succeed? Because I am wildly conflicted. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Tweeted us, at ESPN West Palm, is it okay to root for Jameis Winston? I'll admit, Coquel, I I am a sucker for the smile, for the sunny disposition, no matter what is taking place, even when he had his struggles in Tampa, even when he's throwing interception after interception after interception, 30-1 in one season, it was always, hey, I'm still moving forward, still got my team around me. He's a genuinely, appears to be a genuinely positive presence, uh, a person that people want to be around because he's going to push you, but he's also going to put his arm around you. By all accounts, Jameis outwardly is a good person to be around. But then you go back to his freshman season and what carried into his sophomore season and what made him the ultimate heel in college football. And we're not talking about something that's light here. We're talking about a rape allegation. A rape allegation that was ugly from the start. A rape allegation where you heard from both sides. A rape allegation where it was ugly and it was disturbing. The details, the behavior of those in authority in Tallahassee, whether it be Florida State, whether it be the district attorney, it was gross. It never, ever felt like the actual victim, the one making the accusations, was being properly tended to. It never felt like the accuser was actually being fully listened to. The accuser had to leave Florida State, had to flee the institution because she became the bad person in all of this. Meanwhile, 
Jameis, the only time that he ever missed a game, the only time that he ever faced any sort of punishment is when he stood in the middle of a crowded area on campus and he yelled an expletive off of a picnic table. That's the only time that he faced any sort of punishment. And if you recall, that was the first half of that Clemson game in his sophomore season. That's the only time that he faced any sort of of issue, any sort of accountability. And we don't know the full details. We don't know what 100% took place. It turned out that Jameis really sort of skated on the entire thing. And it was gross. It was sketchy. And there was rightful outrage about Jameis Winston and whether or not he should continue to play at Florida State. But now, we are removed enough from that where I have lost that from memory. I have lost how I felt then, and I feel like this is a guy that I want to root for. This is a guy that I want to succeed. This is a guy that I want to be the starter for the Saints, and I'm conflicted about this, especially after I made the comment yesterday about Ben Roethlisberger and the sexual assault and how it's hard to root for him and want him to get a last dance and how it's tough to say he deserves it because he hasn't been a good guy. Well, Jameis has been in the same spot, but I'm rooting for Jameis. Is it okay to like Jameis? Is it okay to root for Jameis? I need some backup on this or tell me that I'm an idiot, that I am a hypocrite. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776, and we're on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. I mean, am I just being duped here, Coquel? Or or is it okay to, to, to am I just separating myself, football Jameis, from actual person Jameis? Because football Jameis, like, I kind of want to get behind this guy. You posed the question to me today, and I'm trying to pick my words carefully, and I was like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't you root for Jameis? So what if he threw 30 interceptions? Like, that's where my head went, and I know that's wrong. Uh-huh. And I, I didn't even think of the Florida State But stuff. I think collective football has done what you did and what I have done, and that is just put the, the rape allegation and all the ugliness at Florida State into the deep recesses of our mind and just not, not broach it any longer. And then at what point are we allowed to move forward with it when it's back in our mind? Yeah. That's the other question is, because then you bring it up and like, oh, I don't want to root for this guy. But then it's, is he scarred for life? And should he be? Because did he actually pay a punishment? You know, like we're not the ones to make those decisions on it. Yeah. It's a really tough spot because I was really confused because I, I always root for Jameis because I honestly had completely forgotten about it. Like, yeah. 100%. And, I, and I'm someone who rips Roethlisberger. I'm someone who still rips Adrian Peterson for taking a switch out to his kid in the backyard. Like I won't root for him. I always, if his name gets brought up, I have to throw that's in the my first little thing two you cents. Yeah, yeah, that's your that's your gut reaction is those fleeting moments in the lives of both of those guys, whereas Jameis, this was all consuming. This was a year and a half of did Jameis do it? Did he not? Should he be punished? Should he not? Should he play for Florida State anymore? Should he not? Does he deserve to win the Heisman? Does he not? Should he be the number one overall pick of Tampa Bay, or should he not? Like that This existed. This lived it with us for a year and a half. I mean, this was the epicenter of the whole thing. You couldn't leave it. It was always Jameis, 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 Jameis. And he ended up winning the Heisman. He ended up being able to play his sophomore season. He ended up being able to be the number one overall pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then we just sort of forgot about all of it. We laughed at him because of the crab legs. We said, oh, well, he sat in, uh, he stood up on a picnic table and yelled an expletive. Oh, he's eating W's. Oh, he's just goofy. Oh, Jameis, hey, come here, football hug. Like, that's where I'm at with him right now. I, I am rooting for him. Yet, I, if I'm going to bring up Ben Roethlisberger's past, I also still, that still plays a portion of the tale of Jameis Winston. And I'm just having a tough time justifying this. I want to root for him, but is it okay? Like, is is there a statute on limitations on how we judge him? With all athletes that are in these situations. Because we're going to find our way with Deshaun Watson if he ever comes back, which is looking not great. Yeah, But, But, you know, we're... A lot of time, Michael Vick. I rooted for Michael Vick when he came uh-huh. back. He was the ultimate reclamation. Story. But I felt like he paid his dues. Wasn't I? Don't care about dogs. I felt like he learned. He went to jail. He did his punishment. What more 
can you ask from the guy? Everybody's got to have a second chance at some point. Yeah. Especially if you paid your dues and you're showing contrition. Well, this Jam- goes. I don't know if Jameis did because, again, after he was accused, he was jumping on the table, yelling those things that are in line with what he was accused of. Like he didn't learn a lesson. Like it was. It was. And it, it, has Jameis been the greatest decision maker on and off the field? No, absolutely not. I wonder if I am, if I just get caught up in the fact that in a world that is so damned negative all the time, the fighting and the sniping and the division. And uh, I mean, honestly, our existence over the last five years, even before the pandemic, it was, nope, you're this. Nope, you're that. Nope, I don't want to associate with you. Nope, I don't believe what you stand for. Like, this dude is overwhelmingly positive. At almost all times. He went from throwing 33 touchdowns in a season to having to sign a one-year contract in New Orleans. He went from being a pro bowler in his rookie season in Tampa to by the time he was done in Tampa, even though he was putting up prolific touchdown numbers, he couldn't stop throwing it to the other team. And he was so toxic just based off that and because it was easy to tease him about that that he only earned himself a one-year deal. He's been brought back for a second year here in New Orleans, but there was no way that he was going to beat out Drew Brees. He went from number one overall pick to five years later, backup. Backup. Worse than that. Maybe even a third string behind a guy who's not really a quarterback. He went from number one pick to having to play against Taysom Hill. Yeah. Like, that's the ultimate insult. Not being benched. Not saying, That guy, he's not a quarterback, Taysom Hill. Like, it's clear. And his preseason has been... Oof. He needs to put that weight back on. He <laughs> lost the weight to be a quarterback. If you want to stay in the league, you better get back in the gym. Yeah. Go see Tom Brady's guy. He's got some special sauce for you. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm i going to root for Jameis. Jameis Winston, I think, deserves to be the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. When you see him balling out, when you see him and how he associates with teammates, when you see him getting beat up by the practice pads... When you see him with all these goofy workouts that he does, uh, I mean, he looks silly. But he's not afraid to embarrass himself. He's not afraid to put himself out there. He laughs it off. He has the right approach to life. But it also means that I think I'm going to root for him while being conflicted, while having that rooting interest tarnished, because I should not be forgetting about what happened at Florida State. Or are we being unfair Bringing that up again. Like, at what point do we put that in the rearview mirror? He clearly has. Are we allowed to put that in the rearview mirror? If I'm going to sit here on the show and say that uh, I'm not going to judge someone by their worst moment, but worst moments, there are levels to worst moments. An alleged rape is a pretty significant worst moment. There's also the alleged part. Sure. How long do we hold it against someone? And I'm not saying we shouldn't, because there are times when it can't be proven, and even though everyone knows it happened. And I don't know what the deal is in this case. I honestly don't remember how far down the line. I just know it looked, it was very, ugly. looked shady cover-up-ish. It you know what is. I mean? So, like, it makes you presume more guilt than innocence. But at what point does the alleged, like, Roethlisberger, and again, I'm doing it, Roethlisberger, I hate Roethlisberger. He was accused, mm-hmm. but he never was actually found guilty of rape. No. You know what I mean? So, like, at what point do we do we go there? Do we let the law decide how we feel? And he's not silly, and he's not goofy, and he doesn't joke around with his teammates. So then we just say, oh, well, that's Ben. He's just a, just a bad dude. He's just a guy you don't want to associate with. But then here's Jameis, who was the 1A story for all the wrong reasons in college football for an entire year and a half. And now, fast forward seven years, and I'm standing in my bedroom saying, damn, Jameis, that was a hell of a throw. Let's go, Jabu. I, I just don't know how to justify that. You, I know you want to root for him. He's a guy you want to root for. Is it okay to root for Jameis? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Is it okay to root for Jameis? Because I legitimately, honestly don't know. I'm extremely conflicted on this. It feels a little dirty. But even back in college... There was something about him, and maybe I was just caught up in the fact I thought he was going to be an all-time great, where I was able to separate football Jameis from all of the mess happening off of the field. Is it okay now, seven years removed, to root for Jameis? Or should the amount of time matter? Or should I have sworn off Jameis years ago? Is it okay to root for Jameis? 888-760-3776. 888 
760-3776. And again, Twitter at ESPN West Palm. Let's go to West Palm. Let's bring in Jerry. Jerry, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Jerry? Hey, fellas. Um, I do appreciate the conversation that you guys are having uh, about James Winston. You know, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys, you two guys are having this conversation because people cannot bring race into it, knowing you guys. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad, you know, you guys are having it. As far as rooting for James Winston, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to root, rooting for someone that, you know, as, you know, charismatic and, and as outgoing as James Winston, who, you know, um, are able to laugh at himself. Yeah. You know, that's the laugh the at, at, at the things that said it again. That's part of the appeal, I think. I think that's where I'm being and caught I, up in this. Absolutely, and and I, and I think one of the things that we have to understand this is this, this was all allegedly. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that he was not. You know, it, it didn't happen because some of his friends came out and said, hey, you know, it never happened. They were there and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's very conflicting. But I don't think there's anything wrong with, with that. And I think our society today have a tendency to just, you know, want to throw everybody away and, and forget about it just because they make mistakes in yeah, their life. We do in and this I country. And I think we have to allow people. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, in this country, we, we talk a lot about second chances, right? Like, we talk a lot about Absolutely. reclamation, but then when it comes time to do it, uh, we don't necessarily want to follow through. And I think that's an, an important point. Absolutely, guys, man. Just keep up the good work and just, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. There's nothing wrong, you know. I don't know if you guys believe in God, but, you know, there's, you know, one prophet in the Bible, King David. He was one of the men who messed up more than anybody else. But God said that David was one, is a man after his own heart. So we have to always, man, you know, try to give people a second chance. Appreciate you, Jerry. Appreciate the uh, the kind words as well. So I, he's saying there's a chance for me <laughs> after all. Yeah, all right. Maybe in radio. Does that apply to radio too? Because I need some chances. You're not a lost cause yet. Don't you worry about it. Uh, but but with Jameis, uh, yeah, I, I I just I'm going to root for him regardless. I just I I don't know if it's properly okay, and I can get called out. It's perfectly okay. It, I probably need to get called out, but. I also, we talk about second chances. There are some second chances that obviously cannot be, <laughs> cannot be honored depending on the offense. But just from a pure societal standpoint, don't, don't we, we, preach, we preach a lot uh, and then we don't follow through on, uh, on this. And it's tough because I don't want to come off as insensitive, and I know it's been a long time, but I don't want to come off as insensitive to the accuser, the Jameis accuser. When we discuss Jameis, this is a difficult, nuanced conversation to have. But this is also a sports talk radio show, and the sports meatball in me, the purely sports-focused me, says Jameis would be awesome as the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. So much so that that would become part of my appointment viewing Viewing, on any given weekend. Uh, Can't believe this is actually real. Another Jerry in West Palm. A different Jerry in West Palm. This Jerry, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. Hi, Jerry. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Good, good, man. What do you got? Okay, so um, I'd like to say um, I was, uh, I've been a Buccaneers fan since they won their first Super Bowl, and then after that, you know, things hit the fan, and they, they've been sucking. So, like, I was there when Jameis got drafted, you know what I mean? Yep. And I, I, I was hopeful for Jameis, you know, and, you know, we, we all know what happened, so I'm not going to get into details. So when he left, he, he left, he went to the Saints. I'm happy he went to the Saints. Um, after that last playoff game when we played the Saints, and they had – they had that trick play where Jameis scored that touchdown. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I was so, I was turned off by that. Like I've never disliked any other team. You know what I mean? I've always just cared about my Buccaneers. But like when that happened, that's when I felt like that rivalry just kick on. Like okay, it's on. Like the first team I really don't like is the Saints, but Jameis Winston's there, and then he's getting he's getting these reps, he's getting these touches, and I'm like, yo, like. I, I want him to do well, if yeah. that makes sense. I'm yeah. a little conflicted. No, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but but, but yeah. it, it's, it goes back to his damn disposition. 
And it goes back to the, the the fact that everything is so negative. And then you see this guy who's getting knocked over in practice by the pads. This guy who's like <laughs> twirling in circles and and doing these weird uh, like thread drills. Uh, garbage can at garbage, home workouts. Yeah, garbage can. I've seen him. I've seen him. Like, it's just I've so weird and goofy. And it, you kind of like it, right? Like it's sort of, man, if this goofball can make it, that would be fun. That would be good. But then there's the stuff seven years right. ago where I'm like, God, why? Why did that have to be there? Why? Why? It, it just right. makes me conflicted as a human, not as a sports fan, but as a human. And I, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I was going to go there next. Um, and now now we're talking. You know, sport, sports is still sports, but sports aside for a bit. Um, my my thing with that, with you know, with the law, is when people when people get convicted or when people you know when they get a sentence for anything, they get time, and sometimes they get other things. You know, community service. Uh, yeah. You have to write a letter to someone, things of that nature. Well, whenever you have someone, you know, do. Jerry, you're breaking up. I apologize. I, I, and I don't know the point you were trying to make. There, we so only I get apologize. one and a half Jerry phone calls a day, so we've filled that quota. Yeah, so. one. <laughs> the second one came in. The yeah. best was when, and I'm going to go behind the scenes when you called the first Jerry on air. The second one started talking because he thought he was going on air, <laughs> and he was still on hold. Oh, so there's man. a lot going on there. Well, there we go. Dueling Jerry's on a uh, on a Tuesday here on Ken Levick Alive. Ken Levick Alive here on ESPN 106.3. In a shocking turn of events, Coquel were already wildly late. Uh, Ken Levick Alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. You know what I love most about college football season? It's the fact that I get back in the broadcast booth with Florida Atlantic. But it's also the fact that I just get to see my guy, Dr. Jim Reardon, an awful lot. He is the boss. He is the man at the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. And uh, honestly, he is, that dude has stories for years about uh, being in the sports industry, working up in the Northeast at some of the biggest sports venues. That's the type of knowledge, though. That's the type of continuity. That's the type of long-term sports intelligence that he is putting in to the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. That is what's being passed on to you, the student. And the best thing about Dr. Jim Reardon is that he adapts and adapts and adapts over 22 years he has adapted to the sports industry so by the time you get in there and you get your mba in sport management you are heading into the world with a full breadth of knowledge about the modern day sports industry that is why so many students get jobs when they get their degree with the fau mba sport management program if this appeals to you if you're tail end of college and you need a plan post bachelor's degree this is for you if you're a 40 something with a family and kids need a career change hate your job always wanted to get in sports this is for you remote classes campus classes in boca raton they're both options all you have to do is go to fau.edu slash mba sport it's easy to remember fau.edu slash MBA sport and find out more about the FAU MBA sport management program. When we return, we were right about something we discussed Friday. We have pegged what it takes to be a wrestling broadcaster. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. Coquel and I are about to embark on another career. Maybe we can just add on to this one. But I'm pretty sure we would crush it in the world of wrestling. Wrestling commentators. Are you kidding me? That might be our future, and I'll explain why in just a couple of moments. Oh, I can't wait, Ken. I have goosebumps just thinking about it. (laughs) Ken LaVica Live featuring Coquel. Hey, the podcast. Subscribe to it. I've never been more sure about anything in my entire life that you are going to enjoy the podcast because maybe you're rolling around in the car. Maybe you don't catch the full show. And I don't, I wouldn't advise anybody ever listening to a full hour of us because that's just overload, right? Like that, 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 that could do bad things to your health. I disagree. I would listen twice and get two hours of us. <laughs> Hello. So get the podcast, subscribe to it. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Wherever you get your podcast, it is free. 
not one single cent out of your pocket because we're here for you. It's our gift for you. Subscribe to it. It'll come right to you every day. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast has one full hour or little tiny bitty pieces. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. All right, Coquel. So uh, no Lawler yet? No Pat Lawler yet? Not at the moment. We will try again That's in fine. a minute. That's fine. Uh, so we're going to have uh, Pat Lawler, our sports agent and sports law insider, to talk about NFL preseason and talk about uh, some of the uh, the other instances going on here in the NFL and in college football uh, because I y- you may not have seen yet, but LSU has announced, LSU of all places, has announced that to get into a football game this year, you need proof of a negative COVID test at least 72 hours before the game or proof of vaccination. This is LSU, one of the schools you would think least would do something like that. Uh, not to mention Jerry Jones coming out today and talking about the importance of COVID vaccines and the Cowboys potentially going the route of needing vaccination proof uh so this is significant this is significant in sports we're going to talk about all of that with pat lawler lawler and associates personal injury attorneys that's pat lawler lawler and associates personal injury attorneys he's our sports law and sports agent insider uh and then coquel and i will discuss why we would make it as wrestling broadcasters why we think that we are on the path because we just Get it. Uh, let's go to Joe in Jupiter. Joe, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Joe? Uh, I don't think we Thanks have. Everybody. Oh, sorry, Joe, start over. Coquel is uh, doing like 17 different things. So start over. Sorry. Uh, go. All right. Just trying to help you all kill some time before your guest comes on. I <laughs> appreciate they... you. Yeah, hey, you're talking NFL, so I'm always interested. In, you know, they brought up fantasy football yesterday. Tina did, I guess, join the league on the home team, and then I didn't yeah. get to stick around to comment because I had to get back to work. But uh, I don't know. You want to talk some fantasy football? Uh, I got, got, hey, Joe. I got my team. Joe, you you yep. tell me yep. you tell me what 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 are the key components of your team? I'm going to sit back and you tell me why you're going to win this year. Okay. Okay. Well. I took a quarterback a little early, you know. I, I mm-hmm. took Patrick Mahomes. I mm-hmm. had the I had the ninth pick of a ten team draft. Good so, you know, solid you pick ninth. And Good you pick, solid pick. You pick twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my first pick was top, my first one was Tyreek Hill because the top eight were the quarter the, the running backs that you normally would want. Yeah. Early, I just felt like I could get more value out of Tyreek than the next best running back, Got and it. I could grab a running back later. Yeah. And then, so I paired him up with Patrick Mahomes, and then I. You want me to go through my whole roster? No, no, like, no, 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 please, no. Please don't because uh, <laughs> I, I mean, tell us which cowboy you got. Yeah, which yeah, which cowboy did you take? Well done, Coquel. You know, I got uh, this. I mean, I, I should have. There's no way I could have got Dak um, just based on the draft position I was. I didn't get Zeke. Zeke went before before I did, or I probably I didn't get really. My only Dallas Cowboy is Blake Jarwin. I was looking for a tight end late, and he's not my. Actually, my best tight end is your Miami Dolphin quarterback. Uh, Mike Yusicki? I heard y'all talking so good about him. Yeah, but yeah I got him. Go. As, I'm, I feel pretty hey, good about him. Don't blame me if he sucks, okay, hey, Joe? Joe, he's oh, the only oh, guy Tua can reach, so you're fine. Oh, would you, enough already. <laughs> hey, Joe, appreciate it, and uh, good luck with Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes, okay? Thank you. Joe in Jupiter, helping us fill time before our guest. That guest is Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys. He joins us at this time every single week here on ESPN 106.3. Our sports agent insider and our sports law insider also happens to be part of Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys. If you have a personal injury matter, here's the web address. It is this simple, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. He is going to take care of you. He has your back. And he has helped so many over the last few decades win their personal injury cases because you got to get what you deserve, and he makes sure you do that. That's Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com. Pat, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, so because you're you're so uh, well-versed, uh, and this is what we do traditionally on Ken Levick Alive, I, I kiss the guest's ass. So, um, uh, Pat, uh, there's that, that obligatory uh, ass kissing's out of the way. But I do want to ask you about Jameis Wynn. Uh, because I was discussing to the onset of the show, I'm rooting for him. Like watching him last night, that was electrifying. That was absolutely outstanding. But I'm also conflicted because of the whole mess at Florida State and the rape allegation. Uh, just from a, a pure fan standpoint, and you've known me for a long time, I consider you a friend. Like, is it okay to root for Jameis? I think it is. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a situation where. 
what happened at FSU, obviously, with everything, including the rape allegations, is horrible. Uh, he was always a talented player. That was obvious. Uh, he suffered up in Tampa. He's given a second life. Uh, and you always want to see somebody succeed in a second chance, but there's always that conflict with who he is as a person, and we're seeing that pan out, uh, you know, with Watson in the NFL and other players. Yeah. So yeah. it's tough, but I want him to succeed, too. You know, uh, because I think he has a skill, and I like to see what level he can reach. Yep, yep. Because I do think there's still some 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 business to do with Jameis. I think he's he's a pretty good talent that wasn't maximized in uh, in Tampa. Let's dig in here to some of your sports law expertise and your sports agent expertise. Uh, college football at two o'clock today. The Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are going to announce their scheduling. Alliance. So what this means is that they are possibly going to schedule football games in the future. Uh, they're saying there's academic opportunities in this. This obviously is a ploy to try and gain some influence in the college football playoff, but nothing is going to be imminent for another couple of years. So to me, it just seems like it's a lot of lip service and not a whole lot of action here right now. Do the SEC and the Big 12 try to fight this, or is this just better left alone and you see where the, the cards fall? I think it's better left. I think they should just call it the cross-country conference, you know, from <laughs> California to the East Coast, uh-huh. literally, and in the middle. It's about money. It's about prestige. The bottom line, Ken, is this. The SEC has the prestige of players. They get the highest players, which is obvious each year, you know, who's up at the national championship game. That's number one. Number two, with the NIL, as well as playing at high-level games, is going to get the highest players, which means more money. And they want to compete with the SEC. I tell you, the move with Texas and Oklahoma lit a fire under every conference. Yeah. That we need to step up because the NIL is at its infancy. I'm telling you right now, mark my words, the NIL will be the biggest recruiting tool besides beautiful locker rooms and everything else that comes to the campus. It's money in these guys' pockets. And if you can get money in their pockets before they come there and say you're going to have deals done, you know, then you're going to get those high-end guys coming uh, to those schools. Do you think that that is going to provide parity in college football, or do you think it's going to be even more top-heavy than it already is, the NIL, eventually? I think it'll be more top-heavy. I think it's already top-heavy anyways, Ken. I mean, you look each year, who are the teams that are at the lead? It's the the LSU, the Alabama. Alabama, Clemson. You know? Yeah. but, But look at the Big Ten. I mean, they've been struggling, you know, with the last year was horrible out of there, and I don't know what, they're going to be much better this year. And that used to be the premier conference, obviously Ohio State, you know. And but that uh, is the that conference. conference that's yeah. the problem. If they don't step, if they don't step up, don't be surprised. Ohio State doesn't leave for quote the SEC. Man, that would How about be wild. That? And, and honestly, Pat, like that's crossed my mind because the Big Ten yeah. is Ohio State, and that is it. Uh, Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorney, sports agent, uh, insider, sports law insider here on Ken Levick Alive, always teaching us something, making us learn here on a Tuesday. Uh, the NCAA, uh, so with college football now, it begins next Thursday. Uh, you, you have the NCAA or the college football entities that actually run that sport. If you're vaccinated, you do not have to test. The only time you have to test is if you present symptoms now it's still three tests per week for the unvaxxed players we know though with this delta variant that breakthroughs are happening if a a highly vaxxed team still went through an outbreak and had to forfeit because of all the conference rules we're seeing now where if you don't have enough players sorry we're not rescheduling could that team appeal if they're like over the 85 90 percent vaccination threshold and they somehow have a big enough outbreak where they're down numbers I think anybody can appeal or they win. I don't think they will. Yeah. That's the risk. If you can't be like a, and there's no guarantee even like a Mississippi where Lane got 100% vaccinated, yeah. that they don't have some breakout cases that cause other players to get it. It's the way it is right now. I mean, uh, for example, I used my son was played baseball in Maine. They made a pact between all the players. We will not go out. We will not do anything because we do not want to miss our games. They didn't miss a game except for the first few beginning of the year. These teams need to make that pact. Because not only, and it goes all the way to the NFL, Ken. If the colleges are going to miss games, huge revenue losses. It's going to be even larger in the NFL when these guys lose paychecks. Stupid, but they can't appeal it. Yeah. I mean, Coquel is another example. He missed the last two weeks because he, fully vaccinated, had a breakthrough. These things are going to happen. And for me, like, I appreciate 
college football and the NFL what they're trying to do. Push vaccinations, make sure they're doing what's right for public health. Um, but it, it also it feels a little gross that there are going to be punishments for teams uh, based on not enough numbers because you could conceivably... The chances are less, but you could conceivably have a highly vaccinated team, one that met the goal that was set forth that still has an outbreak because of the nature of this virus. Uh, and we're just going to plug through it. Like we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna ram right through this and and play this season. And I understand the need to do that from a money standpoint, but it still just feels gross. It does. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I don't know how this is going to end up, but it's going to be a weird, weird college football season. Hopefully not as weird as last college football season. Uh, let's, uh, let's wrap with this. Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. He'll handle all your personal injury matters, whether it's slip and fall, whether it's automobile, motorcycle, boating accident. That is Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys at wanttolawyerup.com. Uh, Jalen Waddle, as I saw him lay on the field, in the first half on Saturday, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And thought for sure we weren't going to see him the rest of the game. And four plays later, he's back out there. And I understand wanting to get a connection with Tua and get him reps before the season starts, but we know Jalen Waddle's going to play a lot. We know Jalen is going to be a weapon for the Dolphins. As an agent of Jalen Waddle, would you prefer not to see him play this weekend in Cincinnati and be ready for the season, or would you be okay with him seeing the field? That's a no-brainer. No, <laughs> I saw him on the field. I was thinking, you teal green, you know. Oh my god! Remember it? Yeah, the yeah. Miami first rounder. Boom, down with the knee. Listen, you can get hurt in practice. You see guys tearing Achilles at practice, other things. But uh, you're more susceptible during a game when you're not hyped, and it's not that game that means something. This guy is a, a talented guy. He has injury issues. Uh, you know, Parker had injury issues. We don't need to have that again if they're going to succeed. But no, hold him out. There's no need whatsoever to have him play. Yeah, None. And, and for me, that means if there's no Waddle on the field, I don't see there being any need to have Tua out on the field as well. Uh, this looks you gotta like play no. him. it's a Jacoby Brissett game. Uh, you J- got to play Tua. He needs the reps. Jacoby Brissett game against Cincinnati. Uh, and our boy uh, Trey I, Henderson. I, I, I would go with Coquel saying that he's got to pay at least a, a quarter or so. I mean, this is the week when they all play. I agree. Uh, the risks are there, but I think he needs more reps. He's doing well. We'll see. Pat, you know better than to feed right. feed the ego of Coquel. You know better than this, Pat. Come on now. I know, but I just I like to see you guys go at it, man. <laughs> for good listening. You're, you're just instigating the whole thing. Uh, Pat, I appreciate well, you it, You beat me up on Tebow. <laughs> you know, I, I'm still, still uh, you know, licking my wounds on my boy Tebow, <laughs> failing miserably. Uh, poor poor Aww, Tebow. Poor Tebow. And poor poor Tebow from the Philippines. <laughs> Pat, we'll, uh, we'll see you <laughs> We'll see you next week uh, when we finally get some FAU stuff going in person, okay? Thanks for jumping on, as always. I look forward to the season, Ken. Take care, guys. All right, brother. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Again, wanttolawyerup.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com. I I think I was very clunky in what I was talking about with with college football. Real quick, before we go to break, this this is my concern, okay? So we have a Delta variant of this COVID virus that is causing many breakthrough infections, even for the fully vaccinated like yourself, Coquel. Okay, so I appreciate... But let me also just say, I want to throw it in every time someone talks about breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was laid up with a bad cold for three days, Mm -hmm. and then I sat there just bothering you in text message all day because I was just bored in a room. And as you said... It would have been a major problem I'm overweight. if you weren't vaccinated. I'm a candidate to be in the hospital or, yeah. or worse. You know what I mean? The hospital may have been a good thing. I felt every symptom they talk about, but they were all much lighter than described. Yeah. And I truly, honestly believe the vaccine is what saved me. I appreciate what college football and the NFL has done trying to push vaccinations, meaning there is reward for getting vaccinated, which means no testing unless you have symptoms. You don't get caught up in contact tracing. And those who aren't vaccinated have to test three times a week and do have to quarantine if they're in close contact with someone who tests positive. That said, with this Delta variant, it is going to present situations where fully vaccinated players do get sick. They do present symptoms and there could be outbreaks even for the highest vaccinated teams. When you're talking college football with a 90 man roster, being fully vaxxed or being highly vaxxed and having to forfeit a game because you don't have the numbers, it's probably not going to happen. 
but it could because of the nature of this virus. And that's why I'm not fully on board with, oh, you're going to have to forfeit. Sorry. Because for me, if you wanted to do it the right way, you would say, oh, this team only has X percent vaccinated. You are eligible to forfeit. But you, Ole Miss, who has 100% vaccinated, if you have an outbreak and public health is at risk and the player's health is at risk and you don't have the numbers, then we can reschedule. That would be the right thing to do based on what the current situation is. But that's not the way that we're proceeding. Especially since they're 100% and they're being forced to play against some teams that may be at 40%. Correct. And roll around in the dirt with Uh them. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So the... The, the presentation is correct. The execution is not correct for both the NFL and for most of the conferences in college football. Thanks to Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates personal injury attorneys. Now, when we return, why Coquel and I are in line to be wrestling commentators. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. I mean, really, there's no other show between noon and one that I would advise anyone listening to other than Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel on ESPN 106.3. Coquel and I, we're destined for wrestling and there's an NFL player's mom that just needs to stop with the clout search. Grow up, lady. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. I want to thank Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Uh, real quick, before we jump into this, uh, EDS Air Conditioning, because it's gross and disgusting, I need to give you guidance on air conditioning. Because again, it's my gift to you. EDS Air Conditioning, EDS is yes. This is how you keep cool, because you never know when the AC is going to go down. And there is, <laughs> there are very few feelings worse than walking into your house and it's a sauna you are gone for the day at work you get home you just want to cool down because it's 93 degrees with humidity in august in south florida and you're like "Uh uh-oh there's that feeling that dread my air conditioning's out you press the thermostat it just clicks and nothing happens that's dire and that's why you need EDS. EDS is yes. Call them at 561-316-8799. Well, Ken, why EDS? Well, why the hell not? They've been doing it since 2006. They're family-owned and operated, and they're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. Oh, Ken, what does that mean? What do you think it means? They use the best equipment possible, so you're not having to do this every the single best. summer. The best. EDS Air Conditioning, edsairconditioning.com. Get them out to your home. They are going to get their uh, the schedule their appointment times around you because they know that you don't like to be held hostage when your air conditioning isn't working and they take care of your plumbing needs as well. Mm. That is what they call in the business versatile. That's EDS Air Conditioning, edsairconditioning.com. Call 561-316-8799. One more time, 561-316-8799. EDS is yes, EDS Air Conditioning. Uh, Real quick, Jeanette Javier, who you hear commercial-free with Evan every day, 5 to 6 here on ESPN 106.3. To what do we owe this pleasure, Jeanette? I actually want to congratulate you, Ken, on being back on the radio after a seemingly successful career as a radio engineer after yesterday's show. <laughs> I appreciate you took that. You took the calls. took the calls. People can hear you now. Now, let's just hope it translates for the rest of the well, show because sometimes you get selfish. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday, uh, callers couldn't hear Evan. So Evan just had callers call in and rip him to shreds, which I thought was brilliant and something I probably should have taken advantage of. I was trying to remedy the situation, and I don't know what I actually did or I did anything correctly. What I do know is that this led to Evan and Jeanette just making fun of me on Evan's show. And, and Jeanette, some what? things here don't work, and I'll tell you when you get in because Ken broke some other stuff too. Did I really? I'm not shocking. And oh, just God. to just to clarify, Kay's way of fixing things was walking up to the board, <laughs> looking at it, scratching his face, yeah. wiping his beard out of something, and then walking straight out the room, acting like he's texting somebody. That's right. So let's not get too specific, okay? Uh, you know what? That th- that's a tried and true method for 15 yep. years around here. Okay. The more I touch my forehead and my beard, the better things go. So get used to it, sister. All right, and with that, I'll say uh, have a great rest of the show. All right, enjoy the preparation for Evan, and uh, we'll hear you maybe commercial-free 5 o'clock today, depending on what breaks around here. Yeah, we'll see what we unplug between now and yeah. then. So Friday, we were super pumped about CM Punk returning and doing so in Chicago on AEW Rampage, and Coquel, that was awesome. 
Like, that could not have been handled better. That was the pop, the drama, the emotion. That was everything I thought it would be. I tear. I'm not even joking. No, I you teared didn't. up. I no, teared you up. didn't. I definitely Because there was did. a fan crying in the audience, and I was like, all right, I can't watch this. <laughs> like, really? You teared up? I teared over... up. For what? You, you're not from Chicago. You wouldn't understand. <clears throat> so, <laughs> let's go back to Friday when we were discussing when you had a big return in wrestling, the one thing that absolutely had to happen. So we've been talking greatest career comebacks. And again, you have to make sure that you reference when we talk greatest career comebacks tonight, what's happening in Chicago. First it was MJ, and now it's CM Punk. Greatest career comeback. This is right up there amongst the modern-day career comebacks. CM Punk is back tonight. I don't think that there's any doubt that the best comebacks happen in the squared circle. Wrestling is sports. The best comebacks come in wrestling. I want to go back to 2014. I want to go back to an all-time great modern wrestling comeback. It had been four years since the Brahma Bull had been in the WWE. But this was the scene in Brooklyn with one of the all-time great career comebacks in sports. Iron Sheik. Oh! That pop. That music, man. This was WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. This was the Hardy Boys return in a fatal four-way match. I want to make sure we find some common denominators. For all of you aspiring broadcasters who might want to go into wrestling, you've got to be kidding me. You have to say that. You definitely need to say, you got to be kidding me. And that brings me to the Royal Rumble in 2020, when after nine years, Edge made his comeback as a participant in the Royal Rumble in Houston. Who's it going to be? That's right. You gotta be kidding me. That is the one thing you must say upon a huge wrestling return. So now I direct you to Saturday at SummerSlam in Houston. After Roman Reigns defeated John Cena, it was the shocking return of Brock Lesnar, and it sounded like this. You gotta be kidding me! Michael Cole did it because that is how you do it. You gotta be kidding me. Coquel, we can do this. I think we can do it. If I turn my mic on too, it'll help with our broadcast. By the way, my garage broadcast sounds better than our studio. I just want to point that out listening back. Clearer in my garage. I'm going back to the garage. You're going back to quarantine? That's it. (laughs) Willingly back to quarantine. We should go to one of these shows that show up around town and we'll just... This you know, is, we'll do it for free. You and I are on the same wavelength. For one time. If there is an indie wrestling organization in this area, or if you know of one, contact them for us or tell them to contact us because Coquel and I would love to do wrestling There's commentary. one at the Port St. Lucie Civic Center like every month. Okay. I just see the sign. I've never actually been, but there's a sign, that, and it's got some guy, Brad Cage or Rage or something. That's always He's always wrestling. If there. you are looking for Brad, wrestling commentators, Coquel and I are open for business. I got goosebumps. I'm in. Like, come on. You gotta be kidding me. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Lavica. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll be live on ESPN 106.3. Farewell.